0: good morning maybe few but it doesn't mean we don't have the same spirit ministering today right if the strength was in us then why even show up this morning but I was thinking this morning morning uh, about that psalm that says from the ends of the earth will I cry and he heard me. You know and if God heard Jonah all the way from the inside of the whale, well, the bottom of the sea I would say he has a pretty good ear.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So when you are in your battle and you say Lord help me there's a good chance he could hear that and, uh, and that he will answer. As we know, not according to what we may think, but we can at least have the comfort <laughs> that God is hearing our prayers and that he is aware of them and that he is a good father and knows how to give good gifts to his children. We can have that confidence today, regardless of where we're at. That he hears our prayer all the way from inside the whatever well we're stuck in at the moment. Thank you, God, for that. Thank you, Lord, for your desire for your children, Lord. Lord, and that you hear our prayers, Lord, that you know where we're at, Lord, and that that doesn't escape your mind. It doesn't escape your thoughts, Lord, but you know... Um, You're bringing a good end to all these circumstances that we're in the midst of, Lord. And we declare that you are a faithful God, Lord. And that you're a good God, Lord. And that you have good intentions for your people, Lord. Thank you for this meeting today, Lord. As for your presence to be with us, Lord. To minister to us through the word, through the worship, Lord. Through anything that happens, Lord, here today, Lord. That you you would guide us. (coughs) Amen. Man, let's get (laughs) it.
2: Who he is in, in, the, in the world. And I thought it was uh, Josiah's not here this morning, but what he said, is that yesterday morning? Yeah. Yesterday. Just about the difference in growth of, you know, we track our growth naturally as getting bigger, God tracks growth as us getting smaller and Him increasing in our life. <laughs> And it's, it's a really good point. I mean, you know, I'm fighting when you hit 50 years old, it seems like there's more of you all the time. And uh, it's a constant battle to keep that in check, but it's, you know, the principle applies as well in spiritual that I have to maintain my spiritual growth by saying, God, I don't know what you have for me in this circumstance. Yeah. And the situations that I face every day, and I need to get out of the way and let, and let your direction, your, your uh, will for me be recognized and, and, and be seen for my sake as well as yours. Because I'm sure you get tired of looking at me and my flesh and my whatever it is. You know, we, we have so much history on each other that we can put our, each other in a box, and uh, that's never a good thing. But, you know, there's, we've talked about a lot, but there's, there's so many situations around here that seem like there's, there's just not a good answer for, it. whether it's spiritual things or natural things or health issues or whatever it There's They're just issues that, that are hard to resolve and hard to know what God is doing, what He's speaking. And the only thing that really one of the things that can separate us as Christians from the rest of the world is just coming to the place of acknowledging God's work and all of these things that we can't control and all these things that He brings to put in our path to deal with. Because, you know, bad things happen to everybody, all over the place. You can't get away from it. And you know, you see that talking to people just, you know, their sickness, their death, there's Unresolved things, but for us, we have the knowledge of something beyond what we can see, and beyond what is right now. And acknowledging God's work in the middle of that is 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 paramount to what we're to what we're about, because that's sometimes the only thing that we can, only way we can find meaning in what's going on. For me, I've seen that uh, the work of the enemy, the work of 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 the enemy is to destroy. And man, I see the potential for that in my life. And it's something that we have to constantly be vigilant about. Because he'll bring stuff up, situations that come up, to divide, to separate, to just take my focus somewhere else. That's his whole goal. If he can just get me off path and get me distracted by something, a whole to stall, and to quit where you are, mm-hmm. and it's such a danger that we face. Is it just quitting, because his whole purpose is to destroy, mm-hmm. and you see that in everywhere. It's just yeah. destroying the family unit, destroying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it depends how in the weeds, but the, the economy, livelihood, just uh, your destroy your soul. Yeah. I mean, destroy the 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 beautiful. Thing that God has set up in male and female and wh- whatever it is it's just his his whole emphasis to dis- destroy take me off course and destroy and you know fire is such a uh, a good a good example of of our perspective because I, I thought about it when the kids were doing their uh, their production the other night of you know <coughs> the little kids uh, the, going through the fire and when you go through the fire, it's revealed who you really are. And that's a, a, a great picture. And that's that's a good fire. But the, the other thing is that the fire that the enemy sends our way to destroy me. And it's so it's so daily and it's so constant that we have to constantly be aware of that. And, you know, it's, it's a picture of down there. And there's been fire burning in the communities down there in, in Fort St. John for a long time. it's just a a picture of the, the enemy wants to come in and snuff out the last little life that's there you know and we, we have to be so vigilant of that of, of guarding the life that has been that God has entrusted to us because his whole his whole deal is to destroy I've been thinking about um, um, well before I say that uh, something that I think it was a couple weeks ago maybe on a Wednesday morning uh, Don prayed. Um, the, God, I know you're going to put things in our path today mm-hmm. that's going to drive me to you. Something, something like that, right? It's like, man...
1: Order by him, that we'll him. Exactly. And that's
2: kind of a scary thing to pray because it's like you don't want to set yourself up for these things. But, but it's, it's that acknowledging that, God, you're going to, you, you're, you're, you want to bring me to the end of myself. You're putting me in situations and circumstances... That are going to bring me to the end of myself, and hopefully drive me to you, so that I can I can find refuge and find the help that I need, and that's, uh, that's 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 what he's trying to do. His the reason he puts us in circumstances is not to destroy us like the enemy wants to do, but to bring us to the end of ourself that we can find him, find the help that he has for us in the middle of, of situations. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was. I was driving back and forth to Eielson, and I was listening to some podcasts about um, unsolved crimes and stuff. Just do something to keep me awake on the road. But there was this one deal that um, this guy, there was this this young uh, teenager, I think she was 8, 17 or 18 or something, had been murdered in a parking lot, a dark parking lot in California, and this guy had been uh, a security guard in, in the area, and, and don't go into all the details, but um, he was, he ended up being prime suspect for this because he was being very helpful to the cops and saying what had happened and whatever, but he's saying, oh, I couldn't really see because it was dark and whatever. But anyhow, so he, after all this time of trying to figure out who, who done it, I mean, they kind of pinned it on him because he was, you know, he was there. And, but he couldn't really, he was being helpful, they thought he was being too helpful to try to throw him off. Anyhow, um, he ended up going on trial a couple times, but he ended up going to jail for 11 years. And by accident, sometime during that 11 years when he was in jail, there's a guy that was about to get his his uh, law degree, he passed the bar, and... Uh, he couldn't sleep one night, so he's watching these old cases on um, uh, one of the one of the news shows, any of these old, and And he, he watched this case, and he something didn't sound right to him. He's like, "Man, there's there's something off in this thing." So he convinces his, his father, who was an a attorney of some note, but they had, they'd only dealt with like uh, uh, divorce cases and, and and civil type stuff, not really criminal but they agreed to look into this thing and anyhow they, they dug into it a little more and, and turned out that this guy was, was innocent and the thing that caught me about it was they interviewed this guy a couple different times and just some of his statements that he got was you know, he, had a, he had a family and four or five kids and his wife left him at some point while he was in jail and, but his confession was I knew that I wasn't going to stay here I knew that I knew that God was going to get me out of here somehow, and you know, the talk. He didn't sound like he had a lot of bitterness and, and whatever, but it just was. He had somehow through that all, through those eleven years in jail, he was able to keep the positive attitude that you know God is. I'm not going. I'm not here forever. This isn't my final. This isn't my final destination. And how important it is for us. And he, had, he ended up getting out. They never did, actually. They had some leads, and some of the people died that they had suspected. It was a, some drug thing. Anyhow. Um, but just in the, in the things that I go through, the battles that I face, maintaining that positive attitude, and, and knowing that God has my good in mind in the middle of every situation. And we can look at, you know, whether it's physical things or struggles we face, but the 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 image i want to present today is just the, the image of being in jail being in prison for something and when you find yourself in the middle of that what is your response when you're in the middle of a situation you have no control over that there seems like there's not an answer for you know why is this person you know afflicted with some something that they have no control over they have no there's no reason for it there's no good answer it seems like But in the middle of that situation, knowing that God is trying to bring me to the end of myself, he's not out to destroy me. He's out. He's out to save me, to save my soul ultimately. But it's for my good. He's got my good in mind. When I find myself in that situation, turn to him in the middle of it. You know, Paul and Silas, you know, we saw that the other day. They were in jail for helping some demon possessed girl. Get out of her struggles. You know, there's all kinds of reasons to land in, in jail, in prison. Some of them is self-inflicted. Some of it is got no 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 reason, no rhyme or reason. It seems like um, sometimes there's like immediate consequences for things. Sometimes it's just something that I've been playing around with that can hold me in bondage if I if I let it. But whatever the reason that you find yourself in jail, in, in prison, in, in bondage, in affliction, whatever it is, cry out to God from that place. You know, there's a beautiful thing in, uh, in, in Jonah when he was in the belly of the whale. That the prayer that he cried in the middle of that circumstance. It's like, God, you knew me even here. It's, there's a, uh, One of the lines in there is, I'm down here in the moorings of the mountains. You know, such a great picture down in, the, down, in, down in the depths of the sea, in the moorings, the bottom of the mountains. You know, God, from this place of darkness, of seaweed hanging on me from, from seemingly no deliverance, in the middle of that, I know that you have my good in mind. I know that you can help me in the middle of this. And there is, you know, sometimes, like I said, there's, there's, there's many reasons to find yourself in jail. But... Um, it was fun. I was driving up there one day and it's kind of dark in the mornings the month is, you know still dark, but uh just Cruising along and all of a sudden this grouse flies out of the woods and just Splatter itself dead center on my grill, you know Sometimes there's consequences immediately when you Put yourself in the wrong place You know unfortunately it didn't wasn't as lucky as Hannah's Robin the other day. that just kept beating its head on the window. This one was uh, immediate results, immediate consequence for for uh, its actions. Sometimes that's why I find myself in jail. Other times, just like I don't know how I got here. God, I don't know why You've chosen to afflict me with this situation. But in the middle of it, He's got my good in mind. He's not. He's his his goal is not to destroy me. I mean, He wants to get rid of His flesh and obviously all that. But but. The enemy's job is to destroy. His job is to to, to set me up and establish me on a rock. And that's that's what I want to find. Um, But this thing of acknowledgement that separates us from other people is so important for me, for us, to acknowledge his hand in every situation, every circumstance. And I got a a definition of acknowledgement here. It's to admit the existence, reality, or truth of, and to recognize as being valid or having a force or power. It's acknowledging that there's a a power beyond myself that that has put me in these circumstances. Acknowledging that there's a a greater power that is is out for my good and is is wanting to establish me, wanting to bring me to the end of myself and what I can do in myself and acknowledge that there's strength and purpose coming from him and acknowledging it doesn't change the reality of where i am you know it's just because oh god i see your hand in my situation and i know you're working here it doesn't take you out of the situation but it gives you a different perspective because you know so many so much the, these days everyone is playing the victim card and whatever it is and i think if i don't if i don't acknowledge that i'm dealing with god in certain circumstances i can find myself in that same place that i'm just a victim of circumstances a victim of somebody else's doing or whatever it is but he that is that is such a, a, a imprisoning and, and stopping mentality it was everybody else's fault it's, it's, you know i'm the victim and it's, it's it is a lie it is a lie And we have to choose to God. I acknowledge the situation. There's nothing that I can do about it right now, but I acknowledge Your hand moving in my life. I don't want to. I don't want to be a victim. Just be a victim that's having stuff happen to me. I want to be part of the process. We don't want to. We don't want to be victims in the middle of things. We want to acknowledge God's work. And there's something I was thinking about at the the. Danger of sounding kind of trite, but uh, it's kind of the, the ABC thing here. Um, we have to acknowledge God's work in our life. God, I, I, I know that you're at work, I know that you're dealing with this, I'm dealing with you in this situation, but it's not enough to acknowledge and just give lip service to it. But we have to believe that he has my good in mind in the middle of that situation. And believe that He can deliver me in His time. You know, it's, it's such a comforting scripture. There's a, it talks about in, in Psalms. It says, you know, He's the one that makes... Or no, it's Isaiah, I think. He makes the wars to cease. And there's a scripture in, in Revelation that says that, um, you know, there's all this tribulation coming on the, on the earth. And when, when God said it's finished, He sent an angel and through the devil locked him in jail. It's not a big deal for Him. When it's time... When it's time for the war to cease, he says, enough. You're delivered out of this. But believe that in the middle of that situation, in the middle of my acknowledging that he's worked, believe that he has my good in mind and he has the answer that I need. And further than that is, is the commitment to, you know, it's not enough just to acknowledge and believe him today, but the commitment of God, I commit my way to you. No matter how long this battle takes, this... Affliction takes this, whatever it is, I commit my way to you because you have, you can see the end from the beginning. You have my good in mind. That's how, that's that's what separates us from other people. It's just knowing that God is, it's a process that he's taken us through. And, you know, in the middle of situations, we can, I'm not suggesting at all that we just roll over and say, God, yeah, I know you're at work and something's going to happen here. It's, it's, never, it's never a bad thing it's, it's, it's a, a ter- tremendous thing to believe for healing and believe for he- uh, answers and st- in the middle of a situation but when I'm in that situation it's, my prayer needs to be deliver me but if not I'm going to stay and I'm going to choose to see your good in my life you know let this cup pass but if it doesn't, not my will, but thine be done. And I know you have a bigger purpose and a bigger plan in mind than just what I can see right now. And that has to be my, that has to be my mindset. Because that is what's going to take me through the things that I, I can't understand and I can't, I can't figure out on my own. Um, <clears throat> let's look over in Judges for a minute. This is uh, Judges fourteen, starting. This is a story of Samson, and you know it's been. We've talked about this a lot, so we we know the story. You know, in, in Isaiah forty three, we'll turn there, but it says, "When you pass through the water and the fire, when you pass through the fire." I will be with you. And what's caught my attention there is, is that it's not it's not if you pass through the water and the fire. It's when. You know, God, it's not a it's not an if stuff happens. If I find myself in a circumstance, it's when. It says when you pass through the water affliction is common to man. When I'm in the middle of that, God's going to be with me. That's my hope. So here we are in Judges and the Philistines—it's such a such a crazy story—the story of Samson. Um, but the Philistines are once again harassing the uh, Israelites and keeping them in in bondage. We'll just go through here a little bit, but uh, the God does a lot with in the Bible. If you read through, I did a study one time about the the barren women in Scripture. There's a lot of them in there if you look at it. But this is another case of that, where this, this woman was barren, and there, an angel came to him and said, you're going to have a, this, this son, and he's going to deliver the Israelites. And so they, you know, it's, it's immaculate. But what happened there is it's you know, an angel appearing and said, this is going to happen, and it's great. It's a pretty, pretty cool thing. But then, so, you know, the Nazarite vow, he's had all this stuff set up, and he wasn't supposed to touch. And but just the, the interaction that he had with the Philistines was like, come on man, this is you're here to deliver us from these guys and you're going and hanging out with them and you know it's it's just the, the alliances he built there were just so it just it's just ridiculous to think about. So it's you know, here he is, um, Judges is chapter fourteen. Samson went down to Timnah, saw a woman there the, of the daughters of the Philistines. And he went and told his father and mother and said, I've seen a daughter there of the Philistines. Go get her for a wife. And his father and mother said, Is there no woman among the daughters of your brethren, among all of my people, that you must go and get a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said to his father, Get her for me, for she pleases me well. And just dabbling in the stuff that you're supposed to be separating from and fighting against and being a judge over, it's like, why why play on the edges of that, you know? And so he goes down there, and, um, of course, the Philistines weren't too stoked about him coming in there and trying to be all buddy-buddy, because, you know, he represented something that they were not after. And, yeah, he killed a few of them. But then when he went down to see his wife later on, you know, they, the, the Philistines were getting to his wife, trying to, you know, find out the secret of his strength and all this. And so... You know that was a big kerfuffle. He had to go and pay this. You know the the lion and the, the riddle, and it says, "I like the line of you know, you'd not have figured it out if you wouldn't have plowed with my heifer." It's <clears throat> a, a good line there. But, but anyhow, so he went and extracted um, the reward money out of killing thirty guys and you know taking their their garments and giving it to the to them. And so then all this stuff, it's like you know he's fighting the Philistines, but at the same time he's, he's he just creating alliances with them. And it's just, man, is that a picture of me or what? Because I can find myself in jail by messing around with things that I have no business messing around with. You know, I'm supposed to be cutting myself off from certain things and and being an enemy to it and not letting it into this vessel. But if I play around on the edge of it, how long is it going to be before it can catch me and take me down? Because the spirit of the age and the spirit that is out to destroy me is much stronger than I am without the help of God. And that's just a fact. And, you know, I'm sure you can see it working in your life in areas. I know I can see it working in my life. But I, have to, I can't allow myself to toy with the things that are of the darkness that want to come and plague me and take me out. Because it is just a matter of time <laughs> if I don't draw that line that the right thing is going to be in front of me or whatever it is that I, I will, in a moment of weakness, whatever it is, that you can allow yourself to be taken out. And, you know, maybe I'm just preaching to myself, and maybe I'm talking to somebody else here too. But it's, it's it's a real thing. We have to be, we have to guard, put a guard against the one that wants to destroy me. Um, so anyhow, we go on here, and he killed a bunch of, you know, killed a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a, a donkey here, and it just goes on. And then... And in the beginning of verse 16 here, again. Now Samson went to Gaza and saw a harlot there and went in to her. And when the Gazites were told Samson's come here, they surrounded the place to lie in wait. Now, again, I mean, he just goes down to the Philistines and goes in to see a harlot. It's like, what, what are you doing, man? It's like you have your thing, but as soon as you get there and you get in your little place of your lust. So the Philistines are right there to surround you and find out what's going on. They want to take you out. So he had to go and he you know, tore the gates off the city and hauled them up the hill. It's just, you know, he's, he's kind of playing on the edge there. You know, I'm putting myself in a, in a situation, but I know God's going to deliver me. It's going to come out all right. You know, he just hauls off the gates and stacks them up on the hill there and keeps going. But then... <clears throat> It, then the next verse, verse 4, it's like afterward it happened that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah. So I don't know if it's the same harlot or what, but he's, he's obviously forming alliances with stuff that he should not be playing around with. And the Philistines, these are the ones that are trying to destroy the Israelites. And when he should be judging and, and, and setting up, destroying the idols and, and, and warring against the Philistines, he's, he's playing on the edge there. And it got him in trouble. You know, we know the story. He, um, he played around with the Philistines a few times there. And three times they came and he was able to get himself out of their, their uh, they were trying to take him captive. You'd think at some point along the way he'd say, hey, you know, what am I doing here? You know, the third time, the second time, the third time, the fourth time. Hey, maybe I should get out of here and, and quit playing with this thing. But, you know, finally he told her the secret of his strength. He told Delilah. And he cut his hair and he went to prison for that. And, um, you know, there's, there's a pretty solid example of... It's pretty easy to see why he ended up in jail. He just could not control himself. And he played on the edge. And, and not really on the edge even. He was right in the middle of, of what the, the God was trying to deliver them from. But sometime in the middle of that jail cell, it, said, it doesn't really say how long he was there. Um, but one line I just want to say that, uh, this is talking about Delilah several times it says that she, she vexed him so he couldn't stand it anymore and one line it says she lulled him to sleep on her lap and how if, if I continue to to play on the edge of things that are not helpful to my soul eventually my soul We'll just be dulled out and lulled to sleep and all of a sudden it's not like a big deal anymore you know I can see that there's things were you know used to be used to be a big deal around here you know movies and whatever and it's like well it's now it's like every pretty much everything's available it's like we do it in the middle of that I'm not making any judgments on that it's, but in the middle of that don't let yourself be lulled to sleep by the things that you just say oh is that really that bad I know I can get, deliver myself out of this thing any time that I want to. But don't allow yourself to be lulled to sleep in the middle of the battle, in the middle of the war, when the Philistines are around there surrounding me, wanting to destroy me. The enemy of my soul is a roaring lion. He's crouching at the gate to destroy me. I don't want to allow myself to be lulled to sleep in the middle of that situation. At some point... You know, his eyes were put out, and he went down to the jail. And somewhere in the middle of that, while he was grinding grain, God had brought him to the end of himself, you know? And at some point, he started doing business with God, I think. It says his hair started growing, and we've we've heard that um, as a a sign of the anointing coming back to him. But in the middle of that grinding grain, the day in and day out of God, i in this prison, I think somewhere... He started doing business with God. God, I see the error of my ways. He brought me to the end of myself. What is is the end of the line here? And we know that when he was, uh, you know, the Philistines pulled him out to make fun of him. And he said when he pushed those pillars down, he killed more people in his death than he did when he was alive. And, you know, he was in the the walk of fame there in, in Hebrews. But... However you find yourself in jail, whether it's something that's self-inflicted, whether it's something that's been put upon me, in the middle of that circumstance, don't stop. Don't allow yourself to be destroyed in that place of God. I'm hopeless. I'm helpless. I don't know the answer. In the middle of that circumstance, God wants to. He says, you know, I'm bringing you to the end of yourself for the purpose of raising you up and setting you on a rock. Um, Let's look at another... Example. This is totally different. This is over in uh, Genesis. Um, this is uh, the story of Joseph, and we know that a lot. Take a lot of time here, but uh, look at my notes every now and then. Um, Okay, Genesis 39. That's where I want to go. It says, uh, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. It says... Verse two, the Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand, Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. And he made him overseer of his house and all that he was put under, was put under his authority. And so it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had. But the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house. And thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. He did not know what he had except for the bread that he ate. That's, you talk about going from a slave to something that's pretty powerful. He didn't care. He said, you know, Joseph's going to take care of it. I don't even care anymore. All I care about is the bread I'm eating today. It's, It's under his hand. And what happened? The temptation came to Joseph. He realized in the middle of it, you know, I don't want any part of this temptation. But, you know, he was un, he was falsely accused and went to jail. But even in, in jail then, you know, um, he didn't allow himself to go into depression and, and self-reflection. Whatever. I mean, I'm sure there were days. and I'm sure there were days. Because there's days with us in the situations we go through. God, why are you here? And the voices, you know, that we saw the other day of the voices. Somebody was David mentioned the other day, Saul, or somebody did. Saul, why are you, you know, even when after his conversion, the voices that come and accuse, did you really think I was going to bring you through these battles, bring you through all these tests? In the middle of that prison, we have to guard against the voices that want to come and tear me down. But in the middle of that prison, um, again, uh, this is verse 20 of chapter 29. Joseph's master uh, took him and put him in prison. He was kept there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Now the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority. Because God was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. I don't know how you make things prosper in prison. I mean, I don't know what they did. Maybe they were on work detail and whatever he did was, I don't know, whatever, however you prosper in prison. But somehow it had been worked in him. God, I don't, I have no idea how I got into this battle. I have no idea how I got into this physical affliction. No idea how I got, how did I, how did I land in jail? Here I am, my father's favored son, and he's. Blessing me and, and setting me up and giving me everything I need if I find myself in the middle of this jail. But he didn't rot there. He didn't stop. He didn't just cease to, to seek God. He, in the middle of that circumstance, he put himself in the hand of the Lord. And God blessed him in the middle of that. And so we know the story. You know, He was there for a while and his, the baker and the butler were supposed to bail him out and present his case. But that was more years after that of toiling in prison. But when he came out of that. It's so the thing that, that, that just catches me. On all of these circumstances with Joseph. It says and God was with him. And whatever he did. I mean he rose so quickly. That whoever was holding him where he was. Or in rulership. said They didn't even bother to check what was going on underneath him. Because they knew it was going to be taken care of. Because God blessed him. Because he kept coming back. He didn't allow himself to be stuck in the prison. In the circumstance that he found himself in. And um. So we know the, the rest of the story. When he finally came back to, to, to Pharaoh. Pharaoh did the same thing. And set him over all of, all of Egypt. You know, God blessed him in the middle of that circumstance. There's many ways to find yourself. In jail. In prison. Some of it's my own doing. Because I'm. Whatever it is. You know. I bust out of the trees. And that truck hits me dead center on the grill. I might still have feathers on there. You know. There's a. Direct consequence to some things. Other things, I don't have any idea how I got here. God, I thought I was. I thought, did I not cast out devils, and did I not heal the sick, and did I not do this and that? Why, why am I in this? Why am I in this situation? Well, I don't know, except that He wants to bring me to something higher. He wants to strip me down from my own, my own strength, my own resources, my own knowledge, my own desires, my own. Me, my own soul. He wants to strip me down and say, I, I have something so much better for you. If you'll just entrust yourself in the middle of this cir- circumstance yeah. and trust that I have your good in mind. I'm not here to destroy you. I'm here to set you on a rock.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm here to, to bring you up and set you in that place of security in that place of safety in the middle of everything we go through. And that is so important for us to hold on to. Acknowledge that he has our good in mind. Believe. That he can take me on and and commit to the work that he is ongoing in my life. It's not just for today. You know, maybe you find yourself today on the mountaintop where everything's going great. Maybe you find yourself in the valley. Life is seasons, right? And no matter where we are, we can't lose sight of the fact that God has my good in mind. And he he wants to set me on a rock. Um, I want to look over in closing here. This is in uh, Psalm 139 I'm going to read a little bit of this because it's it's just it's an incredible song and it's uh, something that doesn't hurt us to read some scripture right no. There's lots of good scriptures in the Bible as Tom Porter quotes somebody saying. I'm, I'm reading from the New King James. It might be a little different than what you're looking at, but So this is Psalm 139. It's, I think it'd be great for everybody that can to look at this and read along. It's, it's, very, it's very encouraging and very um, encouraging for where I am, where all of us can find ourselves. Oh <coughs> Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down, my rising up? You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down. You are acquainted with all my ways. There is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. Now that's a, that could be a, a great and a terrible line right there. You know, he knows me. He knows what I'm doing. He knows what I'm going through. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful to, for me. It is so high I cannot attain it. And I was thinking about this when, um, um, and we'll go on here, but when, when Joy was talking a couple of weeks ago about that, that mother that was not real excited about having that, that baby. But man, from the, from the time and from the womb, you've known me. You, you, you know me, Lord. You, you've... Uh, You've established me even from before I had any recognition or any cognizance of your working in my life. You were there and you had a plan for me. That's a a pretty good thought. Where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascended to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. And your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me. Even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you. But the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. You know, in the middle of the circumstance where I can't see what's going on. It seems like all is darkness. All is questions. There's no answers. In the middle of that, God can see. And he has a plan for what he's taking me through. It's not just happenstance. It's not just arbitrary. But I have to acknowledge, God, in the middle of this thing, I know that you're working with me. I know that you have my good in mind. It says, for you formed my inward parts, and you covered me in my mother's womb. And I think the, uh, the King James says there, you've possessed my reins, right? He is, uh, that's I think the possessing my reins thing is something that is ongoing. Because too many times I take the reins back and I have to, that's something that I have to on God here's the reins You know, I've seen what my steering does sometimes it lands me in a place that I don't want to be turn, turn the reins, turn the steerage over to you um, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well my frame was not hidden from you When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. In that next line, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I could count them, they would be more in number than the sand. And when I awake, I am still with you. The thoughts of God towards me of, of wanting to bring me to the, a place of, of redemption and a place of strength and security in him it says more than we can count yeah. his desire is for me it says he always intercedes makes intercession for me man if I can get a hold of that say God I don't have to fight this battle I don't have to know today what you're trying to get to but if I keep myself in the battle keep coming to you you're going you're to send me an answer eventually um just skip to verse 23. It says, Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there's any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. God knows me. He's known me since the beginning. It says, Even if I stray, if I make my bed in hell, I go here and there. He knows me. And He has a desire and a goal for me in mind. And it's not just It's not just me, but he's got a body worldwide that he's he's trying to bring together. And he has, he he so desires to to build a people that are just, that are so um, getting rid of myself and stripping down myself that we we represent, and we can glorify him on earth. And that is such a struggle sometimes when I just want to take my own way or react the way I want to do or I'm just get bogged down in the day-to-day or I'm, you know, people that I work with are not necessarily going the same direction I am, it's just in the middle of that, I have to remember, I'm I'm here to glorify God God, give me the strength, you know me in the middle, you know my battle, you know my sitting down, my standing up and you have my good in mind you're not trying to destroy me but there is one who is seeking to destroy me but we trust ourselves to the hand of a faithful father who no matter what situation we find ourselves in prison, prison Flood, fire, don't quit in the middle of that because he has a goal of bringing me out the other side. Amen.
3: Yeah, so many times we've heard today, and it's central, I'm my worst enemy. Uh, There's nothing that... um, is ever going to penetrate uh, the love of god that he's established you in but he does destroy growth he can stop growth and we do it uh, and just a this kind of an anecdote on the thing I, maybe i should hold it it's such a small little thing yeah okay anyway i'm i'm on the, i'm on the uh, thing with was san francisco And i'm rolling along pretty good it's in psalm 143 and uh i'm excited because i know beforehand this is what god wants me to speak and and in the middle of it um, mike the little guy who got out of prison and is doing well he's got some tattoos removed from his face and and I'm going over a scripture like this. uh, Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning. Deliver me, Lord. Teach me to do thy will, which is central for me today. That's it. Central in all we do. His will, not ours. And this uh, this is a very important word, primarily because the enemy can destroy your growth. And that's the worth yeah. of Okay? God will still pick you up. But he can destroy the very fabric of any sewing that you do here. And, and you just stop dead. And this has been said. But anyway, I'm going along. And Mike, he says, Pastor Bill, that's what he calls me. He said, I was in jail. And God showed me that scripture. And he, and he came back. And I was thinking, you know, this little guy's in hell. And I'm, I'm so swollen with the with his care. And, uh, and so the next week I get on to San Francisco and he's not there. And I say, hey guys, where, where's Mikey? And they said, well, uh, and the cop's a good guy. He's trying to give me solace. Because I am looking around and there's only two guys, a couple of there, and, and I, I don't see him. And he said, well, uh, Bill, uh, Mike moved in with a woman that he met online. And, and I said, oh, did he? Okay, and you know, I preach that uh, everybody's gonna be okay because God's after him, and that's true. But he's, uh, you know, who wants to be slowed down? Who wants to, you know? Go to the hospital, who wants to go to jail, and that was underlined very importantly here today. Because every one of us can be prisoners of our own doing. Can you say amen to that? Some of you should have been amanning a little more to encourage him because he's on the edge of what we have to come to. Okay? Anyway, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Stupid, I get on the phone. And I call Mikey. I tell the guys, I'm calling him. I don't know where he is or who he's with. I'm calling him. So I do. He doesn't answer. I get about four. I let it ring, you know, till my phone gets tired. And, uh, and then he calls me back. He says, Pastor Bill, <laughs> hey, thanks for calling. I really appreciate it. And I said, well, where you been? And he said, well, God is leading me, you know. And and I'm not gonna argue with him because wherever you go, and you heard this today, it's good. No matter how ugly it is or how filthy it is because you and I have to get rid of what we think we love. And the Christ in you, the new man in you, the Son of God who's growing, is going to let you know that and and another point that was made that's very essential you can get cauterized to such a degree that you don't feel and you don't think but can I tell you that God can cut through that Lazarusian leather of your soul he can do that and anyway you know I I should have quit, but I said, hey, Mikey, uh, uh, could I talk to the lady that's there? Is she with you? And he said, yes, she's right here. And she got on the phone and I said, well, how you doing? And she said, fine. And we, you know, it was just 25 cent chit chat for one or two sentences. And I was able to get this in. I said, my dear, Understand this, outside of the help of the Spirit of God, there is no such thing as relationship of any quality at all. I'll be in touch with you guys, and then I hung up. So it's kind of a a clear illustration. This this guy was let out of jail uh, four years he only did six of the ten. And he said, oh no, God's with me. I know it. He's solid. And, but he's a baby. You know, he, he, he knew nothing about embracing the cross. And in the early stages of the message, you said a great deal about the things that trouble you and the things that come. They're there. And God help us to not allow ourselves to get sucked in to what would destroy the intimacy, the growth that sons would have, rather that we would be before God dwarfs. And please, we've already done enough damage. Could you say amen to that? I have. No, there are two or three of you that. Okay. Lead us uh, and would you stand and lead us and close in prayer for us, John? Any announcements here? That was a prayer request for Mikey. I'm not going to quit on him. Lord God, we do seek your guidance. We kneel before
1: you, faithful God. You'll hear our prayers because we will be praying by your guidance, by your leadership, according to the will of God. And again I say, judge our hearts, O Lord, let us go forth from this place, change, that we never come back to where we were before we heard this word. The Lord God, the in Jesus' precious name.